0: What did I just say? 21 gigawatts! What the hell is a gigawatt? Doesn't sound like the usual mindless, boring, getting to know you chit chat.
1: Welcome into the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable. I am your host, Fred Davis. Episode ninety four happening right now. It's a follower Friday kind of show today. Is we welcome to the program, Mister Mark Boats, Zone Manager for Atlas Copco. He handles some of their renewable energy side of things on the tooling side, and of course, we're going to let you tell. We're going to let him tell a little bit more about that and how they've gotten into the renewable side of things, doing what a lot of companies are doing that haven't been in renewables, finding a spot that they can excel in, and of course, Atlas Copco is doing just that. And, of course, Mark's going to tell us all about it. But before we get into all of the Follower Friday episode today, let's welcome to the program our CEO and co-founder, Mr. Mike Niemer, telling you what it is we do here at eRenewable. At eRenewable, we know going green is important to your business and your ESG rating. Besides offering PPAs and VPPAs, through our network of clean energy professionals, we can also offer renewable natural gas or let us help you lower your carbon footprint with responsibly sourced gas from a leading global energy provider. Maybe you need green energy credits. Whether it's unbundled RECs or RSG certificates, your path to net zero and decarbonization is one step closer with the renewable. For more assistance, please call us at one 866 Renew one Thank you so much for that, Mr. Mike Niemer. You can find out more about the company over at, well, LinkedIn, over at the eRenewable and Green Insider podcast page. And then, of course, if you follow us over there on LinkedIn, you too, like Mr. Mark Boats and like the four folks behind him, can become a Follower Friday podcast episode guest. And we've had a lot of fun with the folks doing it. It's quick, it's easy, 10 to 15 minutes, spotlight a little bit of what you're doing, what your company's doing in the renewable energy and energy transition. Bada bing, bada boom. Then you are on the Follower Friday series. All right, let's get right down to it. Mark Boats, zone manager, Atlas Copco, manufacturing behemoth, cars, trucks, appliances, cell phones. That's what they've been doing uh, for a long time now. Five to ten years ago, decided to jump into the energy game, and, well, it certainly paid off for them. So here is Mark Boats talking a little bit about Atlas Copco in the renewable business. I've
0: been with Atlas Copco close to ten years. I started out on the tool group, I'm still with the tool group, but on my side of the business where I started was uh, really on the assembly and factory side, transitioned over to what we have today is this uh, energy and uh, metal fabrication specialty group, kind of where I fit into the uh, whole scope here. I mean, with Atlas Copco being a huge company, you know, been in business, it's 149 years now. Uh, so... Long time. Uh, we have a global footprint, you know, over 45,000 employees, and so kind of this smaller, newer piece of the puzzle. We've been in the tool industry a long time. Our background with it is more in the uh, in the automotive and uh, manufacturing side. So we started with, you know, putting together cars, and and uh, then it transitioned into trucks and semis, and you know now we do airplanes and cell phones and you know appliances and just you know anything you can think of on the assembly side but we started to see you know there's this huge uh untapped potential in tooling for this whole energy market that we really hadn't focused on so we made a transition from this assembly a focus put our attention towards uh these energy industries and and really, we've found our niche in a lot of these uh, renewable spaces with solar and wind and so forth. So so it's been kind of an interesting 10 years with Atlas Copco. When we first started this, uh, what we call EMF, you know, Energy and Metal Fab Group, our focus really was on the oil and gas side of the business. We even have our group uh, is based out of the LaPorte, uh, Texas area. Okay. Um, so we're right there in Houston with you, you know, so we found, uh, our niche at least while oil and gas was down, especially to be in this renewable space. So, um, we got a lot of traction in wind, especially, and, uh, it's spilled over now into, um, solar and not that we don't work in oil and gas because we do. Yeah. We we've actually gotten a lot of traction in this renewable space what we've seen and what we continue to see is sort of this transition of customers wanting more data, wanting more accuracy in their procedures. And whether that's, you know, in the factory setting or in the field setting, we're seeing more and more demand for that. You know, that's in the industry, um, not just renewables, uh, oil and gas uh, included. And so for our side of it, you know, we've been doing that, more advanced data collecting uh, type of tooling for years now and being able to take some of the technology that's we we've already you know developed and it already exists within our platform and now we've created some tooling that's specific to these uh, more rugged Field and construction and maintenance type applications not going to say it was a seamless transition but it's and it's an ongoing transition too but for us you know we we look at where uh we are in regards to our competition we've already have the technology competitors are trying now to catch up to so in that regard we we kind of have a leg up on on the competition and and um you know, where our customer base wants to go.
1: So walk me through a little bit about, you know, maybe some of the things you guys are doing in the, and and how Atlas Copco with that technology and with some of that tooling, you know, how it applies and what it's used for in the solar and wind, for instance.
0: It's a little bit different, but also a little bit the same in those industries. So for solar, for example, we did a project with Kiewit and the Samson Solar Site. At the time, largest solar site in America and there were 5.4 million bolts on this project and their process, uh, the way it was explained was, you know, they're coming in with uh, an impact wrench to drive in the bolt and then clicking it with a click wrench. And then they would have somebody come back as a quality check to also click it. Right. Really what you're finding is that, you know, you're making sure the bolt's not under torqued, but it's very possible that even with that impact rundown, you may be over-torquing those bolts. Also, now you're hitting each of those bolts three times. And if you think about that, over 5.4 million bolts, I mean, that's a massive amount of time. So we put a tool in their hands that is very accurate. It has a shutoff feature to it with a transducer that's actually measuring the torque output on the joint. It's giving a green light for a good torque, a red light if it's not a good torque. And it's actually collecting all that data in the background too. So now you have traceability on each of those tightenings as well. So now you have one tightening, you know, one tool uh, doing kind of the job of, of three different steps and it's, and it's done in a better way.
1: And that's something, too, I'm guessing with that, you know, that torque wrench that, you know, that's something that you guys already maybe had in in, in your kind of in your quiver already that you were using on other applications. And now you can take that and apply it to what you're doing on the solar side of things.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, so this, you know, this tool has exactly the same type of torque spec as what you would see in the automotive world or somewhere like that. So this tool very much directly crosses over. Um, Where it got a little bit more interesting is when you go to the wind side of it. And we've actually developed tools now specifically for the wind industry, but same type of capabilities. So all the data collecting features, you know, all the operator feedback, everything operates the same way as what I just described for the solar project. But now you're talking about bolts, much larger scale. We did an estimate uh, as an ROI, um, you know, just just to kind of calculate out what we thought the estimated uh, savings would be. And it was roughly, you know, $770,000 just in time savings, not rework. To give you another example, so I personally work with Vestas at the manufacturing facility in Colorado. And so we're at the manufacturing facility as well. And backing up a little bit, I mean, we deal with every step of uh, the process, uh, especially for wind. So we deal with manufacturing. We deal with the construction, commissioning, then on the uh, warranty maintenance and, and the uh, continued maintenance with the uh, independent service providers after that. So all these different steps, they each use tools and we work with each of them at different levels. But going back to the manufacturing uh, facility in this example, um, they had a part that they, they, Their process was running it in with an impact, run these 16 bolts down, um, and then they would come back with one of our tools, tighten those bolts, and then they would send this, you know, send this component out to the field as it's attached to uh, a hub. So what happened, uh, the operator ran the bolts in with an impact. They forgot the step of using our tool to tighten those bolts and the product went to the field and this whole component, which was probably about 30 pounds or more, uh, came off after it was installed in the field. It fell into the hub and it fell into the blade, destroyed the blade, destroyed the hub. And so now we went back to the factory. We identified what happened because they did have data on these tools. We actually took it one more step further and we put in interactive work instructions so now the operator actually has to select when they've completed the process we have batch counts on the tooling to make sure that they've tightened all the bolts again all that data is captured but now there there are stop gaps to make sure that they're not missing anything before it goes out to the field we'll go out to the customer and we'll bring the tools with us and show them off and put them actually on the customer's application. That's the most effective way for us to do it. And we'll climb the towers or, or uh, do whatever we need to do to show our tools uh, uh, wherever it might be. But but then, you know, if you purchase the tools too, we don't just leave the tools in your hands and leave it, leave it at that. We'll come out, we'll support them, we'll do training with your guys and, and uh, we really uh, back them up too wind and solar is the bread and butter right now, but you mentioned hydrogen and we do work with some hydrogen in, in some roundabout ways. One of the companies that stands out is plug power, done some custom tooling for those guys. Actually I had quite a bit of success with, uh, with some of those projects. So talked about some of the more smarter electric tools, but we're, we're dabbling into it. Um, you know, but where we've, spent most of our time so far is, uh, wind and solar. And, you know, we're actually seeing this transition right now to offshore wind too. So, uh, so, you know, not exactly hydrogen and these other, uh, renewable spaces, but definitely offshore is, uh, uh, an area that we're focused on as well.
1: So I'll get you out of here with this. Uh twenty twenty two, any big projects you guys are working on now. And like you said, obviously you mentioned offshore wind just now. Um, is it pretty much, you know, maintain what you guys are doing and, and, and just kind of keep demonstrating uh your expertise in the field?
0: Definitely that, you know, definitely we want to get out in front of uh customers and get on the sites and you know, climb the towers and show off our tools and, and do all those things. So You know, next week, actually, I'll be out in San Diego for uh, the O&M wind show uh, with Clean Power for that. I know that we have uh, an offshore trade show coming up here fairly soon. And actually, we're uh, sponsoring uh, the Tower Climbing Grease Monkey Tour. I know they're going to be getting out with another tour there. And uh, some of the guys will probably get a chance to see some of our tools firsthand that way, too. But Yeah, we got a lot of different things uh, in the works for 2022 for sure.
1: Thank you so much for that, Mr. Mark Boats. Don't forget, you can catch more of the Green Insider episodes over at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and at our website, eRenewable.com. Yes, that's right, eRenewable.com. And of course, starting on Monday, we'll do kind of a, a grand reveal. But uh, yes, eRenewable.com. You can now go to the website. You notice a few differences here and there. And of course, we'll make it It's a lot easier now to navigate our podcast page, which we know a lot of you like to do. So and then of course, also too, on the podcast page, we know a lot of you listen to the podcast over at Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating if you do that. Why? Because we promise you learn more about renewable energy and the energy transition Then you knew about it before you stopped by. Alright, next week, we told you already, huge introduction with the U of H Energy and U of H Energy Coalition. Great work coming up with them. Uh, very excited about that eight-part podcast series. Stay tuned for that. And then, of course, we've got a two-part series with Eight Rivers that is going to debut next week. Part one, going down with their co-founder, Mr. Bill Brown, and a little bit from their president as well, Mr. Damien Beauchamp, but stay tuned for that. It's going to be a great series and we know that you're going to enjoy, and it's going to be great information, so definitely stick around for that. This has been the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable. We make going green easier. (laughs)